All right, Proverbs 21, uh, we'll be there in a minute, but we are continuing in our series. This is the second to last one of Dollars and Cents. It's been a series on finances, and as I've showed you, as Pastor uh, Terry showed, uh, the Bible has a lot to say about uh, finances. In week one, Pastor Terry Darnell laid the foundation. He kicked it off and, and by telling us we need to know the numbers of our finances in five categories. Our earning, our spending, our saving, investing, and generosity. He gave a quick overview of all of those. And so, um, I've been kind of diving into, to, to them in a deeper way the last couple of weeks and we'll continue today. We got to know how much money's coming in. And I'm going to talk to you today about spending and saving and investing. Last week, I talked to you about generosity, but in week two, I talked about the tithe and that I showed you from scriptures that tithing is bringing your first 10% of your income to the Lord. Um, and I, I showed you that tithing is not a business transaction. It's actually an act of worship. Amen. As we just worship, you're being obedient to the Lord. You're bringing your first 10%. I had a man come up to me after the first service and said, when Brother Francis, our founding pastor, would preach on tithing every year, uh, he had just started coming to the church and he was doing a, a series on tithing the month of January. And he said, I was upset. I was like, I give as much as I want to give. You know, he said, you know, it was a very arrogant thing to say. I'm like, yes, it was. He's like, I know, but you know, that's where I was at. I said, I know, but I'm just agreeing with you. And he said, I went up to Brother Francis like, hey, can I have your number? Because uh, I need to talk to you more about this. And he said, sure. And he gave him his number. But he said, I went away and I started reading all the scriptures of what the Bible has to say about tithing. And I never ended up calling him. I didn't need to call him because I went straight to the word of God and saw that it is biblical. Right. And then last week we looked at some of the habits of financial uh, health. Uh, if you want to be healthy in any area of life, you have to develop healthy habits. So we looked at these three areas. One, realize that God is your source, right? We looked at that everything comes from God. And actually, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and, and everything in it, right? He owns everything. Everything we have wasn't ours before we died. And it won't be after, I mean, before we were born. And it won't be ours after we die, right? The Lord owns it all. We're actually just good stewards. He's our source. He's our security. Secondly, I moved into your earnings, how to earn, how to make Make money honestly. Make an honest living. And there's ways that you may say, well, I don't cheat or steal or rob banks, but I showed you ways of maybe riding a clock at work or lying on taxes and other ways and dealings of how you could be making money dishonestly. And as born-again believers, we should be the utmost honest and people with integrity, amen, and how we work and everything. And then also I talked about giving generously at the end of that. So by the way, we did find out that if, if you weren't here last week and you were trying to stream it, something happened with the equipment and we didn't stream on Facebook or our website, but the me last week's message is online. It is on our app and on our Facebook page. So if you missed last week, you can go check it out or any other week if you missed on tithing. Uh, I had, uh, uh, my brother-in-law was telling me the other day that somebody, I was asking him to tell him more about tithing. So if you or someone you know, you can go check out uh, week two and see about uh, all these messages you might have missed. And so last week's title was The Habits of uh, Financial Health. And really it was Habits of Financial Health Part 1. I only gave you three, and so I'm going to give you three more this morning. Here's some more habits of financial health. We want to be financially healthy. We have to get into these habits. And again, these are all biblical. Every one of these may, these first two points may sound very practical, but they're very biblical. S some of the Bible is very spiritual and theological and, and end times and prophecy and gifts. Some of the Bible is very practical. Amen. Thank you, sis. And like, don't lie. That's very practical. 
Don't steal, don't cheat, don't covet, you right? All that stuff, right? Some of it's very practical and so is this, especially dealing with our finances. But you know, sometimes the practical part of our lives like finances is out of whack and it affects our spiritual life. So they're all connected. Some people compartmentalize and say, why are we talking about finances in church? Well, first of all, it's biblical. But if you don't have this right, other areas of your life will be affected by it as well. And I'm going to show you at the end how really what the root of mishandled finances is anyway. So anyway, let's continue. All right, let's get started. Number one, start saving wisely. You need to start saving money wisely. Proverbs 21.20 says this, The wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. You know, some translations say stupid people spend whatever they get. I didn't want to call you stupid this morning, so I decided to use this translation, right? But it does, it, it, it compares the foolish to the wise, right? Uh, let me take a, a test and let me check your IQ. Would you be rather be foolish or wise? All right, I thought so. I'm talking to the right people. Well, it says it says if you're wise, then you save for the future. You save money. Foolish people just spend their money whenever they get it. See, after you bring your first 10% of your income to the Lord, next you need to save money. And you uh, you may be thinking, Brandon, are you saying I need to save money before I pay my bills? Yes, I am. You need to save money before you pay your bills. Before, after you bring the 10, thank you, Sean. After you bring your 10%, you need to start saving because if not, what's going to happen is you're going to pay all your bills and start spending money and then you're not going to want to save any because you can say, man, I only got a little bit left. And so I don't, I don't want to just put that in my savings account, right? So you need to get into the habit of doing that. There's two priorities to save for, two main ones. I mean, there's, there's other reasons you can save, but two main ones. And again, Pastor Terry hit on some of these, but it was four weeks ago and I'm going to dive deeper. One is for emergencies and for retirement. First of all, if you have an emergency, you need to have an emergency account for the, for in case something breaks, something goes out on your vehicle, in your home, something will go out. You can bind and loose the devil and rebuke him all he want, but things will break in your house. Have you noticed that? Your dryer's gonna go out eventually, right? You, 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 a belt's gonna break on your, on your car or your, your, you need new tires or whatever the case may be. So ideally experts say you need to try to have anywhere from three to six months of expenses in a savings account. So in case something goes out. Now again, I, I, it used to always be three months. Now they're saying six months, you know, but, but you need to try to do that. I shared quickly four weeks ago, but I'll say it again. Thankfully, so my wife and I, uh, we, you know, we've been having an emergency account for years, obviously. For a long time, I used to think the same way. Man, I can't. I'm a, I'm a definitely tithe, and then I got bills to pay. I got I got babies to feed, and all this kind of stuff. And man, it'd be hard to save money. But after I got into the practice, we were able to start saving more money. But but even more so, we got blessed with an unexpected amount of money this year, my wife and I. And yes, we did a few things with some of it, a small portion of that money. But we put the majority of it into a savings account. Now we are saving for something else in in, in particular. But we had a regular savings account and then this account on this unexpected amount of money. And then uh, just months later, uh, one, our washing machine went out. And we had been repairing our dryer. And so it's like, man, we got to go buy a new washer. Might as well get a new washing dryer uh you know, together. So we did that. We went on a Sunday afternoon and we purchased a brand new washer and dryer. Praise the Lord. Seven days later, the very next Sunday, our AC unit went out. And we had to change the outside and inside unit. Amen? 
Now listen, we had an emergency account and we were able to take some of it out of there, but thankfully there was some, some other money that we had that we didn't expect, we had stashed away. So thankfully, you could probably do the math on washer and dryer and then an AC, right? Two units, what, how much about that would cost, right? And so thankfully, because we had two different savings accounts, we were able to pay for both of those without going into debt. It's just the principle of saving. I could have went out and, and bought a boat or a new four-wheeler or, 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 or something, you know, or, you know or, or at least a portion of it, like I said, you know, but we didn't. Yeah, we used some of that money to do a couple of things and whatever, but, but we saved the majority of it. So listen, if that ever happens to you, I mean, hey, yeah, you know, you can you go, go do a few things, but save money wisely. First of all, your regular amount, uh, your regular income, but also if, if you happen to, you know, get a lump sum of money, don't just go through it all. Don't just spend it all. Save for a rainy day as well. The next thing is you need to save for retirement. Let me say this. Don't depend on the government for your retirement. I know I got, I got good amens at both services. I think everybody knows that I don't have to drive that point home, right? Social security, all that people my age and younger, it may even be there whenever we retire, right? You gotta have another way, a 401k or whatever you have, you're available to, to, to invest in for retirement. There's many different ones, right? See, a lot of people are gonna get to retirement flat boat because they spent all the money and they've, ne- they've ever made and never saved anything. You know, I thought this was interesting. I came across this quote as I was studying this week, and I've actually uh, watched a, docu- a documentary, a couple of them, on this guy, John D. Rockefeller. Many of y'all know who that is. He was the Bill Gates of his time. They asked him one time, how did you get the wealth that, that he had accumulated? And, and, and I, I would have thought he would have gave business strategies and all of this, but he didn't talk about the amount of money that he made. This was what he said. He said the 10-10-80 principle. He said, I tied the first 10%. I saved the second 10% and I lived on the 80. John D. Rockville, I don't even know that brother tithe. I didn't know that he honored the Lord with his wealth, but he did. And he accredited that the way he handled his income, not what he used to get it. Are y'all tracking with me? Right? So the principle of obedience, giving your first 10% and then starting to save from there. Now listen, you may be sitting here and I, I again, I, I was, when I used to hear these messages from Pastor Todd and Brother Francis, I wasn't always in a position where you could save that amount of money. You may not be able to start saving 10% of your income right now, especially after tithing, but start saving something. You gotta start saving something. Again, to go towards both emergencies and your retirement. Here's a couple of tips to maybe help. With that, first of all, and we'll talk about it in a minute. One of the ways you you uh, you can help or you can start the habit of saving is by not spending. So do this, especially this time of year, right before you're about to buy anything. I'm not talking about groceries or stuff or gas. Of course, you need gas to go to work and school and all that. But before you go to buy something, ask yourself: Do I really need this? Do I really need this? See, because if you ask yourself and take the time instead of spending something, money on something you really don't need, you can put it in the bank or savings for some type of investment, right? Now, listen, I had a brother in the first service that uh, his business, uh, he sells things. He said, man, I liked what you were talking about about tithing, but then after that, you said everything else was bad because my business is always with stuff that they don't need. But here's the case. If you're tithing and you're saving and you have extra, hey, go for it. I'm talking about if you don't have a savings account. If you're not saving, I should have clarified this in the first service, if you're not saving anything and there's something you want to buy you really don't need, instead of doing that, put it in savings. Are y'all tracking with me? It's good to get good feedback at the first service. It helps me with y'all at the second service, right? 
And I don't get other business owners in church mad at him. He really wasn't mad. He was just picking on me. But it's true. That's what I'm saying. See, when you're saving money, your money is working for you instead of you working for your money. See, most people never get out of debt because they spend their entire life working for money. When you start saving it, your money actually works for you. Because while you're sleeping, your money's making interest. If you have investments, even a, even a small interest, but even a regular savings account at a bank, it, it, it collects a little interest. But especially if you're investing money for the future, for retirement, you can be sleeping, not doing anything, and your money's making interest. When you save money, your money works for you. So that's the first thing. Think about that. Just stop and think, do I really need this? If you're not saving money right now, if you're not, again, that's part of it, we'll get into that. If you're not tithing and saving, paying your bills, if you're not doing those things, ask, do I really need this? Here's a second, just very practical tip. Set up direct deposit for your savings account. How many of y'all in here say, I get direct deposit when I get paid? Let me see your hand. Most of you. See, most of the people nowadays, you don't get a paper check. You get direct deposit. Your check, in, your check goes right into your account. You can do the same thing for a savings and even a retirement account. You can do the same thing. You can go to your employer and say, hey, can you put this amount of money into a savings account? This amount if you have a 401k or something. And that's it. I was told that right when I came on staff here, I was, it was suggested for me to do that. And, and, and at first I didn't, um, but that's how I started saving money, both in emergency and for retirement is by direct deposit. Because it's the old saying, out of sight, out of mind. If you take, if that money's directly put into an emergency account and investments for the future for retirement, you don't have it, you don't see it, so you're not tempted to spend it on things you don't have. How many of you have a bunch of stuff at your house you really don't need? And you gotta have a garage sale to get rid of it. We all do, right? We all buy stuff and you're like, we, we gotta have this. And then six months later, like, man, I don't even use that, right? Honey, you go through your clothes, like, oh man, this shirt was great. And then it's like, man, if you like me, I've outgrown a few of my shirts already. So, but I'm not gonna get rid of them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back in them eventually. But it's true. Look, Proverbs 13, 11 says this. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. You see that? It's a biblical principle. Saving money little by little instead of just dwindling away, uh, especially dishonest. Here's that word again, dishonest game we talked about last week. See, this is the principle of adding little by little. You need to start saving yesterday. If you hadn't started saving any money, start saving it. You need to start saving yesterday. Literally, start as soon as possible. You may be thinking, Brandon, but I'm in debt. You still need to start putting some money in savings. Yes, you need to work on paying off your debt. Debt, but even some, some debt is going to get you, cause you death if you don't, if you don't, you know, uh, I misspoke there, but it's true. Some of you maybe feel like you're getting choked to death because of it. But listen, you got to pay off your debt, yes, but you also have to start saving. You might, you know, also say, but man, I don't, I don't have much to save. Listen, I don't care how much it is. Just like you got to get in the habit of tithing, you got to get in the habit of saving some money. So start with just a little bit. I remember years ago, Pastor Todd was preaching a message similar to this, and I remember him saying this, and it stuck with me. He said, I don't care if you put $5 a week in savings, it's better than nothing. You're starting the discipline and the habit of starting to save money. It's not the amount. If you hear anything before I move over from this point, it's not the amount, it's the principle. It's a principle to start saving. And like the Bible says, little by little, your savings will eventually grow. And I get it. I didn't say this at the first service, but we would always start our savings a big, you know, start trying to get our, our emergency account bigger. And then something would happen, right? And it's like, man, every time we try to get to an expense, something happens. But it could be discouraging, but that's why it's there. 
It's better to even knock out a chunk or most of your savings account and start all over than having to put it on a credit card and be in more debt. Are y'all tracking with me? Little by little, it'll grow and you need it when you need an emergency and also for down the road whenever you retire. Amen. So say, start saving wisely. Number two, plan your spending. Proverbs 2120. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. You notice the contrast again. Wise people and foolish people. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. There's, there's no, that there's no regard for, for handling finances. I read an article, um, just this morning actually from, it was, it was written August 1st of this year and it showed that an estimated 35 million U.S. consumers spend more than they earned in the first six months of this year. 35 million people in our country has spent more money than they've even taken in. Talk about not saving anything. They're getting in debt every time they're getting paid. They're spending more money. How's that possible? Because they use their check and then they use a credit card for the rest. And the debt just keeps piling up and piling up. I don't have a specific point for debt, but let me just say this right now. You need to have a plan to get out of debt as well. You need to do it as part of it. I'm going to give you a resource, and I talked to someone after the first service. See, most people... This is happening because they don't plan their spending. They just spend whatever they want to spend, wherever they want to spend and however they want to spend it. And they do it impulsively. See, for example, if you don't have a plan of how you're going to spend your money when you go to the grocery store, you'll go to the grocery store and you'll come out with eight things that you don't need. A lot of them is going to be like, if you go hungry, a lot of it's going to be like Little Debbie snack cakes and stuff, right? You notice you always end up on that aisle at the grocery store when you're hungry, right? And no matter what, you start in produce, you end up on the Little Debbie aisle. It's like you're surrounded by honey buns and fudge rounds, right? I don't know. Maybe it's not you, it's just me. Maybe I'm glad. Thank you, Brandy. She's helping me out here. All right. Right? But although I'm joking, and, and that is true, that's just a small sh- snapshot. If you don't have a plan, I got a grocery list, and this is all I can spend on groceries this month. You get the necessities, and no, you don't get that extra box of cereal or whatever, or whatever the case may be. But it's so true just in life. People don't plan their spending. So, and they do it impulsively. There's, there's another, there's a word that makes impulse buying almost impossible to resist for a lot of people. It's the word sale. It's on sale. You get home. Yeah, but baby, it was on sale. Look how much I, 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 I say, and sales are good. I'm all about sales, right? I love sales. But I'm talking about if you're not planning your spending, you go to the store for one thing and you buy eight others because it was on sale. Look how much money I saved. Yeah, but you just blew the rest of your money for the week. I'm talking about planned spending. See, everything in society is designed to get you to buy impulsively. To not think about it. Spend emotionally. To have no plan. To have no budget. See, during the next two months, specifically November and December, you're seeing it already. Seems like it's earlier and earlier every year. You'll see online. You'll see commercials on TV. They're trying to get you to buy things impulsively, especially around the holidays. They want you to buy stupid stuff that's just a waste or even nice stuff that you can't afford. It's impulsive. You see it, you want it, but listen, and you even justify it because it's the holidays. Listen, Proverbs 27, 22.7 says this. I don't have it in your notes. You can jot it down. Proverbs 22.7, the borrower is slave to the lender. I said this in the first service. I don't think I've ever said it before. It's not all right to be a slave to debt even at the holidays. Just because it's the holidays doesn't mean you should get in debt. The principle still remains the same. I don't want to be a slave no time of year. Any time of year. I'm sorry. That was not right grammar. Right? 
So it doesn't matter. Listen, here's a practical tip. And my wife and I have done this over the years because you feel pressure in this consumer society. We live in the presence for everybody that you know and your neighbor's cat's dog that lives down the road. Listen, you can't buy for everybody if you can't afford it. Make them some, some chocolate-covered pretzels. I'm telling you, we've done stuff like that. Chocolate-covered, like, you know, peanut butter, you know, Ritz peanut butter. Listen, like a brother like me, anything, you give me anything chocolate, I'm going to be very grateful and thank you for it, right? But you can still bless somebody and not get in debt over it is what I'm trying to say. Are y'all following me? The holidays are right around the corner, church. If you're struggling to save money or if you're in debt, listen, don't. You need a plan you're spending, so don't do it. So what, don't, don't, don't do, don't buy impulsively is what I'm saying. What is planned spending? I mentioned it earlier. A plan for spending is a budget. It's a budget. I know some people, y'all think, y'all think that's the B word, but it's a budget. It's not a bad word. We need a budget. Everyone needs a budget. It's a plan for how to spend your money. A budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Dave Ramsey's been saying that for years. It's so true. You ever get paid? And then like a few days later or a week later before you get paid again, like, man, I'm out of money. Where did all my money go? Well, if you don't have a plan to tell you money where to go, you'll wonder where it went. So if you are in financial stress, the way to spell the relief is B-U-D-G-E-T. You need a budget. You need a budget to show, to, to tell you money where to go. You know, it blew my mind years ago. Cass and I just got married. She was talking to a sister in the church, had been in the church for years, had been married for years, had been saved for years. I know she heard a message like this because our founding pastor, Brother Francis, my pastor, Pastor Todd, taught it every year. Uh, we always go through financial series, these same principles. Um, and, and my wife was talking to her and she was having some financial problems. So my wife just began to tell her about a simple, very, the most basic budget that you can have. She's like, yeah, well, when, whenever we get paid, you know, we tithe first. And then we save some, and it was very little back then, but we save some. And then we pay all of our bills, and we have a budget of this is what we can spend on groceries. These are all of our bills and gas. And then whatever we have left over after that, that's our spending money. And the lady looked at it and said, wow, we've never done that. And that's why all these years she's having financial problems. She never even considered getting on a budget. Amen? And it shows. So if you're struggling financially, you need to do that. Go to everydollar.com. Pastor Terry gave this in week one too. Thought I was going to put it on the screen and it'll be on our website. This is Dave Ramsey. This is a very, it's an app or you can go on the website. A very easy way to start a budget. If you've never had a budget and never told you money where to go, you need to start planning your spending. Look at Proverbs 21.5. The plans, everybody say plans. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads, I mean, leads to profit. I'm sorry. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The Bible says you must plan your spending. You know, the word haste means sudden excitement of passion. That's what the word haste means. So in other words, when you continue to spend money suddenly because you're excited about a sale or the latest and greatest tech or anything that comes out, that leads you into financial trouble. But if you plan you save wisely and you plan your spending, you can be diligent and you can, you can be released from financial stress and actually still plan and save for the future and get out of debt. If you plan your spending, you can plan to pay down debt and be free of financial debt. I actually talked to a lady uh, sitting here right now. She came up to me after and, and uh, she's retired. Her husband's about to retire and she's at 60 years old. She said, we're completely debt free. 
Amen. And I know they got money in savings that she was talking to me about some other things. And that's a, that's a huge blessing. And it's a huge relief. You know, again, you know the weight that debt puts on you. When you're in any kind of credit card debt or student loan debt, any debt of any kind, and many people are shaking your head because you know the burden, you can get free from that if you plan your spending and be wise and diligent with your money. Amen? The third and final thing today is we must commit everything to the Lord. Proverbs 16.3 says this, Commit your works to the Lord, submit and trust them to him, and your plans will succeed if you respond to his will and guidance. Man, I love how the Amplified says that. See, remember the first habit of, 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 of financial health and last week we looked at was that we must realize everything comes from God, right? I said it again earlier, but recap, our sources from God. Everything comes from God. He owns everything. Well, the last habit is you must commit it all back to the Lord. You have to say, Lord, my life, my time, my marriage, my children, my money, my future, my job, it's all yours. In other words, I surrender everything to the Lord. And you say this as well, Lord, I'm going to do it your way from now on, not my way. A lot of people say I surrender, but they still want to do it their way. You notice what it says is that commit your works, submit and trust them to him. Everything, your works, your money, everything you're doing, your ministry, whatever you're called to do, right? You're going to submit and trust them. It goes on to say that if we do that, then our plans will succeed, just like our plans for spending, as I just mentioned, like we just talked about. Your plans for spending will succeed if you commit it and surrender it to him, right? You say, Lord, I want to do this the biblical way. The, the, I want to be a good steward. They will succeed. Some of you are thinking right now, I may have been thinking, if you're our guest, maybe even today or the last couple of weeks, maybe like, man, why do you keep talking about all this money stuff? You're a pastor. Well, here's why. Because I want you to succeed. As the scripture says, I, I want you to succeed. I want you to succeed spiritually. I want you to succeed emotionally and mentally and physically and relationally and, and financially in every area of life. And it's in the Bible because God wants you to succeed. I'm preaching this because it's in the word of God. He wants you to be successful in every area of your life, right? See, the problem, though, with unmanaged finances are really symptoms of an unmanaged life. Your life is out of control, possibly. Maybe your life lacks discipline. So as a result, you're drifting or you're being driven by things of the world, including worldly economic practices instead of being directed and guided by the Lord, as it says here. You see, I never thought about it before, and I said in the first service, a lot of times if you've been in church a long time, grew up in church, been saved, we talk about worldliness. Don't let the world influence you. And it's true, sin and habits and stuff like that. But you know that we never think about when you're mishandling your finances, you're being worldly. That's an influence of the world to be enslaved to debt and to not save money, to not tithe, because that's just straight disobedience, right? So he, it, so, so we, we must not be influenced by the world. And it's even as economic practice, but put biblical practices into play. Look at Proverbs 16.3 again, the last part of that in the Amplified. Your plans will succeed if you respond to his will and guidance. See, one of the major problems we have today is people go out and buy things they don't need with money they don't have. That's what I was trying to tell that brother. Not that his, his business was bad, but people are buying things they don't need and they're already in debt. They're already broke. And so you're buying things you don't need with money you don't have. Then they spend the rest of their time hustling and bustling and trying to live a life to, to, to work to pay off the things that they have that they don't really need. 
because they got in debt. They spend so much time trying to pay off debt that they don't enjoy what they've got. They don't enjoy it at all. Look what the scripture says. I love this in Ecclesiastes 5.19. If God gives us wealth and property, again, there's our source, right? Who gives it? It's not us. God gives us wealth and property. Let us enjoy them. We should be grateful and enjoy what we have worked for. It is a gift from God. See, a lot of people have a lot of stuff, but they're not enjoying it. Because they're in so much debt and they're working their, to the bone to pay it off. Right? See, Debt is not even the biggest problem. Again, debt is a symptom of a deeper problem. It's a symptom of dissatisfaction and a lack of contentment. And that's actually how we're going to close the the series next week. Next week's not even going to really be about practical handling of finances, but I'm going to talk to you next week about contentment or the lack thereof. The Apostle Paul says, I've learned to be content in whatever state that I've in. So I'm going to talk about it next week. See, people think they have to have more to be happy. They have to have more to be secure or more secure. They have to have more to be more like. They have to have more to be more value. But none of this is true. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You know how I know this is not true? Because you and I know of people, have seen people in the news, millionaires and even billionaires who've committed suicide. Because they've gotten all the money, all the fame, all the popularity, and yet it's not enough. They still don't feel valued, loved, accepted or any of these things. And that's not God's plan for your life. You know, just this morning in my daily reading, I'm reading through Jeremiah again. And just this morning, I already had this message done, but as I was reading this morning, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil, for a future and a hope. You could say not plans for debt and burden, right? They're plans for financial freedom and hope. So some of you in here today, You may feel burdened down. You're having financial issues. I want to give you hope today. God still has a plan. According to Jeremiah 29, 11, you have hope that you can be free from the financial uh, uh, burden that you're under in whatever area you're at. So as we close, if you put these things in practices, I'm going to recap from last week and this week. What are the habits of financial health? First, as I just mentioned again, and we saw Ecclesiastes, recognize God is your source and your security. He owns everything. Everything comes from him. He gives you the ability to make wealth, as it says in Proverbs. Then you, then you work uh, honestly to make a living. Next, you bring the first part of your income back to the Lord, and anything after that you, give, you want to give, you are able to give, give generously. Then you, will, then you live the rest of your life by planning your spending and saving for the future. Some very basic, practical, but biblical ways that we stay financially healthy. You may be thinking, well, Brandon, I can't live off the rest of that. If I, if, if I tithe and if I save, I can't live off the rest. Well, if you, if, if that's the case, you're living beyond your means. It means you're living beyond your means and you need to make some tough choices. You need to cut some things out. You first need to start a budget, and then you need to go sit down with somebody. I talked to David Muir this morning. He was at the first service. He's a financial advisor here in our church. Uh, he has his sons, a couple of his sons work for him, and he told me it's the Rock Financial Group because they, they labeled it uh, build, build Your Life on the Rock, the Rock Financial Group. And literally, you can go sit down and go talk to him or one of his, his workers, uh, one of his sons or another one of the people that work there, and he'll give you some financial advice for free. Come on, I don't know, but you ever notice this? Speaking of budget, free always fits in my budget every time. Have you noticed that? Every time, free just slides right in there. Now listen, I mean, the, if you, you could start a budget, but if you're having trouble of where to cut and stuff, 
Go to the Rock Financial Group. Look them up. Google them. I, I confirm with David after the first service. I want to give you tools to try to help you. Everydollar.com to get a budget. And David, or, or one of his partners, will help you out with, with trying to get out of the, the financial burden, whether it's, it's a lack of savings or debt or whatever the case may be. Amen? Lastly, you must commit everything to God. Now, we talked about everything, finances, marriage, children, health. But have you committed your life to Christ? That's the most important thing you got to commit to the Lord. Look at what Psalm 37.5 says. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. First of all, if you need help with this, if you committed again, you surrendered to the Lord and trust him, he'll help you. But have you committed your life to Christ? Have you committed your eternity to him? Hey, I purposely didn't mention this earlier. When we prayed for Mr. E, uh, EJ's uh, family, remember I said Miss Sylvia went to go be with the Lord Wednesday night? What he told me Wednesday when I called him was that four months ago, right here on a Sunday service, she got born again. She got saved. Amen? Yes, come on. Let's, let's give the Lord a praise for that. And I know she truly got saved because after that, he started reading the word with her every day. And she even wanted to get baptized. Isn't that awesome? She truly committed her all to the Lord, not knowing because she didn't even know she was sick at the time. She found out she had cancer and it was all over and it was too late and she... She passed away. But she got that right. She committed her life and her eternity to the Lord. What about you? Are you sure? Do you know even where you would spend eternity? We know Miss Sylvia. She's in glory. Amen. Even though it's hard for them, they're having a hard time. That gave them such peace. Like, man, I was able to start walking my mom through the word and her wanting to get baptized in these desires she had. What about you? With every head bowed, every eye closed, would you, if you don't mind. Again, we do this. We talked about it earlier. Out of reverence reverence for the Lord I, and, and I don't want you to be focusing on me I want you to focus on Jesus right now and what the Lord's saying to you the Bible said it's appointed for all of us to die once and after that comes judgment there's no holding place there's no in between we're going to all spend eternity somewhere even eternity in heaven or in hell hell was never intended for you and I but it's a consequence of us rejecting what we talked about and we participated in earlier, the blood and body of Jesus that was shed for us. He gave us all. Jesus said that he loved the world so much that he came, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world but to save it. But he says those that don't believe or refuse to believe are already condemned. Jesus doesn't condemn anybody. People condemn themselves because they refuse to believe in the greatest gift ever given. Jesus taking us our place on the cross for us. And again, as we celebrated earlier. So whatever head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Brandon, man, if that was my funeral, that'd be this Saturday. Man, I don't know where I'd be at right now, but man, before we leave her, I want to make sure. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Say, man, I need to get right with the Lord. I need to give my life to Christ. You may have done this already during communion, and that's awesome. But if not, there's your time before you leave. Amen. Amen. Ma'am, I see your hand. More importantly, the Lord sees your hand. Anybody else? Thank you for being bold. Anyone else today? Anybody else? Thank you, ma'am, for being bold. And we're going to pray with our sister over here now. Or if you say, Brandon, you know, at one time I was walking with the Lord, but, man, I'm going. I've turned away off the path. Like Pastor Eric was talking about the prodigal son. If you say, man, that's me. I'm not sure if I'm back right with the Lord. I need to recommit my life. I'm talking about committing everything to the Lord. Well, if you need to recommit your life to the Lord, why don't you, why don't you slip up your hand and say, man, that's me. I need to get back on track today. I want to make sure, ma'am, I see your hand. More hands going up. Amen. Anybody else? 
over here. Ma'am, God bless you. Amen. Now those of you, come on, lift your hands up high right now. More hands going to lift both your hands up right now. We all going to pray with you. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That word believe means to trust. Same word as we talked about here. Same meaning in Psalm 37. If you commit it, commit your life, trust him, he will save you. Come on, those of you with your hands raised and those of us that are already saved. Let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying in my place. Lord, I know that I've sinned and I repent of my sin. I turn to you today and I surrender my life to you. Lord, I I commit my whole life, my heart and my eternity into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's just give the Lord some glory and congratulate, celebrate with these this morning. Amen, amen. If you made that decision for the first time or recommitted, there's a card in the chair in front of you. That says connection card. Fill that out. We want to give you a Bible and pray with you. Come on, why don't we stand up? And I want to pray over you now. Come on, again, if you need some, some practical financial help, check out the Rock Financial Group. Come talk to me after. You know, one of the pastors will, will, will help you get you guided in the right direction. Go to everydollar.com. But you may say, Brandon, I, I need some help. One of these areas I'm struggling with. Come on, let's pray together. If that's you, come on. Let's just slip up our hands. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, would you help us to be financially healthy in every area? Lord, if there's anyone in here that's still not like, walking in the obedience of the tithe, I pray today would be the day that they begin to bring the tithe to the storehouse. Lord, I pray you help them, Lord God, in starting to save something, even if it's a little, the principle of it, to have a budget, plan their spending. Help us to be good financial stewards of everything you've given us because, Lord, it all belongs to you anyway. We want to be good stewards, but not only a good steward, we know by, Lord God, doing these things, we could be a good witness to the world around us, Lord. We don't want to be influenced by the world. Even in our finances, we want to live out a biblical life that will glorify you, fund the kingdom, and we can be a blessing and generous to others around you. Help all of those, Lord God, with their hands up and that are struggling right now. Lift them, Lord. Give them wisdom on how to get out of debt as they move forward, Lord God. Prepare us to all be content in what it is you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. We love you.